podcast where liberty is our mission today is thursday august 21st 2013 and this is podcast number 340 my name is ben stone and um before we get started i wanted to mention a couple things we do have the bad quaker t-shirts and stickers and they you can go to badquaker.com and over on the right hand side just underneath the uh, the ugly faces there's a button there to buy Bad Quaker stuff. Hit that button. It'll take you to a page. Uh, look down there, and you'll see another button that says click here to buy stuff, and click that where it says here. Click that, and it'll take you over to Kelly's page at the Survival Gear Bags. And uh, Kelly's kind enough to handle all that kind of stuff for us. And we were, uh, my wife and I are actually still on the road. We're in our motorhome. We're on the road. We went up to the first annual Midwest Peace and Liberty Fest hosted by the Michigan Peace and Liberty Coalition. And that was up in uh, Michigan. And we're still actually driving around Michigan at campgrounds and just uh, really enjoying uh, this wonderful area. And, uh, ha- you know, we had a lot of fun, um, a lot of fire, a lot of mosquitoes, a lot of... Uh, just a lot of fun. It was very informal. It was not like a lot of the Liberty Fests that you, uh, that, you know, that are out there. It was, um, really, uh, really just a family weekend to get together and have fun. And, and it wasn't just family. I mean, there was, uh, you know, there was skinny dipping and there was all kinds of activities. It was, it was just really, uh, a little bit of craziness. And uh, everybody had fun. And we actually, we had some of the quite bad, the new bad Quaker t-shirts there. Um, so anyway, I uh, just wanted to shout that out, and I, and I appreciated all the fun that we had, and the, I appreciate the the Michigan Peace and Liberty Coalition. Uh, thanks for arranging all that. It was really nice, and it was nice, you know, uh, not having the structure. I like things like Pork Fest and the you know Liberty Forum and the and the Libertarian get-togethers and all these. I like all that stuff. It's fine, but sometimes it's good just to get together with friends and not have a specific agenda and specific, you know, time frames where you have to be here and you have to listen to this person and you have to do this and you have to do that. It was really nice just having a free weekend to hang out with like-minded people. And I really look forward. I hope this was the first year and I hope there's going to be a second annual Midwest Midwest Peace and Liberty Fest. Okay, so now getting on to the business of the day and this is going to be a little unpleasant today. Um, I don't want it to just be basically a pod beef where one person's bashing another and it's totally boring to the listeners. Uh, I want to be able to use this situation to, uh, to try to find, okay, you know, what lesson can be learned out of this? So before I even get into it, the lessons that I want to, that I want to emphasize today is, uh, don't throw your pearls before the swine. Don't be fooled by personality. 
And don't be surprised when the blind are angered by the light. So what am I talking about? Well, you know, weeks ago I mentioned that Jack Spearco over at the Survival Podcast had announced that he was now uh, an anarchist. And then he went on to give a bunch of disclaimers and show that he really wasn't, that he's still indeed a minarchist. And that's in his own words. He says that. And he gives some kind of weird explanation where he says that he's a minarchist in practice and an anarchist in principle. And whatever, you know. Um, that's fine. So evidently, and I found I found the whole thing humorous because you know uh, there were there were a pretty good little pocket of anarchists uh, a few years back that were over at the Survival Podcast Forum, and uh, we really got treated um, really good in ways by the forum there, and really um, you know uh, kind of odd in other ways. And, but it was a, it was a little group of us, I would say maybe around 20 of us, and, uh, that were active, that were anarchists, that were talking about it, that were, you know, going over different points and really working and refining each other and helping each other to understand what we were doing better. And Jack was very much, uh, not involved in that. Jack doesn't get involved a lot in his forum anyway. That's, it's kind of its own separate being. Uh, out there doing its own thing, but uh, but evidently Jack was really offended by what I said about his podcast. Now it's interesting to note that um, Jack didn't uh, immediately respond to my podcast with his counter uh, attack, and uh, and I say that a counter attack because you know I was making fun of him. I was in in that sense I was attacking him. Uh, so, um, so he didn't respond immediately with a counterattack. From my point of view, what happened was, uh, weeks after I did that podcast, I got contacted by email with an offer to be a part of a new project that Jack's doing where I would be given, uh, essentially, um, free reign to, to handle the politics end of the of the uh, uh of the new website and i turned down that in a kind of a gruff way and said in my email back that i didn't want anything to do with jack and i didn't want to be associated with jack and that i had learned better than that and uh and then surprisingly again this was weeks ago when i did this podcast where i mentioned jack and made fun of him and then last friday i got this email with the invitation and the very next podcast from Jack on Monday is where he just gave a blistering uh, counterattack against me. I don't know uh, how the timing on that worked out, but clearly, to me, looking at it from my point of view, Jack um, Jack's level of being upset was probably, to me, I'm assuming, more in reference to my email back rather than the uh, the actual podcast. But anyway, but I'll examine this a little bit. And again, I don't want to just make this a boring thing where one podcaster slams another and the whole audience is just sitting there holding their heads going, why do I have to hear this? I want to try to make this a little bit of a learning uh, thing so that maybe people can avoid the mistakes that I made because I made mistakes in this. and I'm going to point out the mistakes that I made. 
and I and I think if if I do this, I don't know if I'll do this or not, but I I'll probably name this something like is this an apology or did Ben apologize or something like that because Jack demands an apology of me. Uh and that's uh, quite humorous. And so I'll get to the I'll get to my apology. I'm going to Clintonesque an apology here right at the end of this and I'll get to that, but but really um I do take a lot of the the uh the blame for the confusion and the mix-up that has caused the hard feelings because I should have recognized problems earlier. And maybe that's the lesson we can get from this. If I can learn um, to better spot personalities and to better spot who it is that I'm speaking to and what level that they're on and what level that I need to speak to them on, that's what I was talking about, uh, throwing your pearls before the swine. Um, that's the context of that lesson is that you don't just take the best thing you have and throw it out to, uh, to just anybody. You, you tailor what you're putting out for the people that are receiving it. And that's not to, to say anything bad about pigs. I love pigs. They're delightful little animals and they're delicious. So it's not, uh, it's not saying anything bad about swine or about an audience or about a people that you're talking to. All it's saying is, you know, pigs don't have any appreciation at all for pearls. They really don't care about pearls. They're of no value to them at all. So to to take those precious things that 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 um that you hold on to and offer them to a pig is entirely useless. He would much prefer a donut. Um and I say that, you know, not as an attack against Jack. Pigs love donuts. Uh, try sometime and you'll see what I mean. They love donuts. Uh, and so uh, let's get into this a little bit now. Um, first off, there's a very big difference between what I do and what Jack does. Jack has a, a very specific business model. It's a very smart business model and it's a very, uh, very successful business model. And if you notice, if you listen to Jack's podcasts, uh, the first five to, let's say, five to ten minutes, usually it's around six or eight minutes, but the first five to ten minutes of each podcast are uh, nonstop commercials. It's He's, you know, talking about his sponsors. He's talking about his um, support brigade where you, you know, pay him monthly to uh, get access to uh, one of his um, Internet channels. And um, And Jack runs a business, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. He is a businessman. He is a, I've said this, you know, I don't know. I wish I had a nickel for every time I said this, but I've said over and over that, ba- that Jack is a marketing genius. He absolutely is. And I mean that sincerely. Um, and you know, if you listen to the first, pretty much the first year of my podcast, I very regularly credited Jack with being an inspiration to me. And, and that's absolutely true. Um, but Jack, like I said, is running a business, and that's very different from what I'm doing. I am not running a business. This is not a business for me. I talk into this microphone because I have a driving passion to share the vision that I've been given. And the vision that I've been given is very specific as to what is to come and what our actions are to be to prepare for what's to come and what we can do to... Uh, to come out the other side of it as victors. Now, that's uh, that's very different from what Jack is doing. Now, I should mention BadQuaker.com is a company. It is owned, but it's not owned by me. And I don't make any money from this. And I never have and I never will. Now, um, there is, you know, two different things here. 
there is a person volunteering their time uh, to get a point across. And there is a different thing, which is what Jack does, which is a business model that he makes a living doing. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with what Jack does. People should do things that make a living, and they should protect their business model, and, and that's great. Um, and there's nothing wrong with what I do. It's completely different than what Jack does. So as we look at this, as we look at this business thing, this is going to come up in a, in a couple minutes and I'm going to clarify more on this. This is a, a real difference that wasn't necessarily all that obvious to me for a long time. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of a lesson that I've learned from this whole, uh, from this whole debacle. So now, uh, in going over to Jack's last pod, or not last podcast, but Jack's podcast where he, uh, counterattacked, uh, against me, the, uh, like I say, the first five or six minutes is just commercials. Then at the, about the seven minute, fifteen second range, he says that he doesn't listen to my podcast or other podcasts mostly. And, and I think that's really important to keep in mind as we go through this, that Jack doesn't listen to my podcasts. And I can also show with some, some level of confidence that the, oh, thousands and thousands and thousands of words that I wrote, uh, over at Jack's forum, uh, clearly by conversations between Jack and myself, clearly Jack not only doesn't listen to my podcast. He didn't read the uh, the things that I wrote in his forum. Otherwise, he wouldn't have jumped to the ridiculously stupid conclusions that he jumps to whenever he speaks to me. So, um, so yeah. So Jack at seven at seven minutes fifteen seconds in, he says that he doesn't listen to other podcasts, and he gives a reason why. Um, around seven forty five or so. Oh no, let me let me finish with that. He he says he doesn't want to uh he doesn't want to absorb ideas from other people that he might accidentally say and somehow take credit for himself or that people might think that he's taking credit for him. Well, this is a weird almost an IP uh leaning way of thinking like, "Oh, I don't want to steal anybody else's ideas." Well, then have you ever lit a fire? That's somebody else's idea. Have you ever, you know, uh, put a blanket over you when you're cold? Well, that's somebody else's idea. Have you ever worn clothes? Well, that's somebody else's idea. You see, society is built upon people learning from other people and improving our life. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's a thing, there's a name for when something sits still and has no current flowing in or out, and it just sits there. It's called stagnant. And that's what happens to a person when they don't allow input from other sources. Their minds grow stagnant. And if you look up a definition of stagnant, it is having no current or flow and often having an unpleasant smell as a consequence. That's what happens when we don't open our minds to other people and other talks and other other podcasts. I listen to, I don't listen to as much as I'd like to, but I try to hit Stefan Molyneux's podcast now and then. I don't hear it every week. I just don't have the time. I try to listen to Free Talk Live now and then. Again, I don't hear every every episode, but I try. I try to. Uh, of course, the Freedom Fiends, I, I try to hit every one of their episodes. Um, you know, I, I try to get, uh, every time Larkin Rose, I've had, I've had large gaps where I didn't, uh, have the opportunity to listen to Larkin for large periods of time. But as much as possible, I try to listen to anything Larkin Rose puts out 
anything Michael Shanklin puts out. Uh, I try to listen to Jeffrey Tucker as often as possible, and I try to read what Jeffrey Tucker writes as often as possible. I go over to uh, you know to uh, Lou Rockwell, which I've got a lot of problems with some of the people at Lou Rockwell, um, but there's some really good writers at Lou Rockwell. So I try to I try to go through and sort, and and even the ones that I don't uh, that I don't agree with. There's very often stuff that I can glean from that that improves my outlook on things. Um, so I think Jack is making a mistake by uh, holding to this almost an IP-type view of only putting out what he thinks and what comes into his mind without any new input from any other directions. Now, at 7.45 in his, uh, in his podcast, he says that he was involved in three big forums when he started the uh, TSP. TSP is what uh, generally people who are around the Survival Podcast and the Survival po- Podcast Forum, TSP is what we say instead of the Survival Podcast. So, uh, so if you hear me saying TSP, that's what I'm talking about. So Jack says he was involved in three big forums when he started TSP. And he immediately quit because he didn't want people to think that he was a forum pirate stealing members. Now, this is really important. This kind of falls back on that IP mentality that I was referring to a second ago. It's really important to understand Jack's mindset. He was involved in three forums, he says, and uh, and I know he was because I was as well under different names, but he didn't. he doesn't know that or wouldn't have any way of knowing that. Anyway, um, so as soon as Jack started TSP, he quit the other forums because he didn't want people to think that he was a forum pirate, that he was stealing members. Now, that's a very odd thing when you think about it, and I'll come back and touch on this in a minute. At 9.45, 9 minutes 45 seconds into his uh, podcast, he plays a segment of my podcast, and then he says about 12.05 in his podcast, he says that, um, he says that he has the explanation of why there's a problem between Jack and I. And then he goes on to explain in his words what happened. Well, I want to tell you what actually happened. And it's not short, but stick with me because again, there are lessons that we can all learn in this. There's lessons that I've learned in this. So what actually happened? Well, let's go back a little further. Since about 2003, uh, I've been, you know, realizing back then that the, that the, a bubble was building and that we were being conned with the, uh, with the wars overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan and all the other political nonsense that was going on. And so I started teaching myself gardening in, starting about 2003 or so, maybe 2004, I'm not sure. And my wife and I started getting into that, getting into canning, getting into, you know, doing everything we could, prepping, uh, realizing that a crash was coming. Um, around, I guess, uh, oh, late 2008, I started lurking at TSP. Um, mo- at first, mostly... Uh, I would listen to some of Jack's podcast, and I, you know, I take some of it tongue in cheek, and I, and I, re- no, that's not right. I tell you, with a grain of salt, that's the right phrase. I would take some of it with a grain of salt, realizing that he was very much a statist, and he had a very limited, you know, he's very patriotic and very, you know, uh, pro military and pro uh, stomp on everybody and all that kind of nonsense that that comes with it. Um, 
But there was also some really good gardening tips, and there was some really good information both coming from Jack and uh, by lurking at the TSP forum. I could get a lot of tips there. But, you know, what I was seeing at the TM, uh, TSP forum was that uh, a lot of the people were locked into uh, the square foot gardening uh, type gardening. And I had gone through that, I and I found the, the weaknesses in it. And, uh, and I thought, you know, I can probably, I probably have something to contribute. And I've been listening to Jack's podcast. I've been lurking at the forum. Um, I'm basically using something and not giving anyth- giving anything back. So in 2009, I actually created a uh, um, an identity and joined the forum there at TSP. And at the same time, uh, I had two uh, YouTube channels that were one of them was very popular. The other was only kind of popular, but but I had a lot of uh, a lot of activity with those YouTube channels and I'd spent a lot of time with both of them and they both had different names and completely different you know they were set up uh, as as two different personalities and so I started using those two YouTube channels to heavily promote Jack and heavily promote TSP and the and the TSP form um and I wanted as much as possible to share with people specifically uh, in the gardening uh, realm and in prepping and, and this kind of thing. It's kind of hard, though, to get into a forum uh, like the TSP forum that has all the gardening and all of the uh, the prepping stuff, but it also has a political section. It's very hard for me not to at least step over and say something in the political section. So I began contributing in that area as well. Um my efforts at supporting Jack were recognized by the staff there at the uh, at the forum at the TSP forum, and they asked me to become one of the moderators, and so I did. And I was putting in about fifteen to twenty hours a week um, as a moderator. I was promoting, you know, through YouTube or through other means. I was promoting Jack's show. I was promoting the. Um, uh, the forum itself. Uh, I would go on the forum and we, we would do things like, like I would go through and, um, and I wasn't the only one. The, all the moderators and the admins work hard at the TSP forum. Uh, so I would, one of the things I would do is I would, uh, go through and look at new members, look at the IP addresses, cross check them to see if they were on any spammer lists. Uh, go through uh, inactive members and cross-check them and see if they were on spammer lists and purge out any that that were known spammers. And there was a lot of work. And like I say, it was it was 15 to 20 hours a week. And I didn't, re- you know, I don't I don't regret that. And I didn't uh, I didn't hold it against Jack in any way that I was doing that much work for free. I was I felt like I was getting a lot from the forum. So for me to give back 15 or 20 hours a week. Um, I thought that was a pretty good deal. Uh, so I did a lot of work like that. Now, in 2010, uh, a lot of the moderators and, and administrators of the TSP forum, uh, we, we went on like a week-long retreat. And during that time, uh, I very first presented the idea of, uh, of the Bad Quaker uh, you know, um, the whole thing that I do here at badquaker.com. Now, at that point, we didn't even have a name for it yet. It was just a, an idea that was floating around in my head. Now, at that time, Jack had absolutely no input. 
And uh, we were all there. Jack was there. We were all camping together in Tennessee, and we were having a lot of fun. And everything was very friendly. But whenever I talked about that, Jack had no input whatsoever. And as I looked back on it later, I realized that I don't think Jack was actually listening when I was talking about it. I think uh, I think Jack was very wrapped up in what was happening, you know, in his life at the time. And I don't even I'm not even sure he was aware that I was talking about that at the time. So. Um, so, yeah, so in late 2010, we had a contest on the TSP forum and it was to name what my podcast would be. Well, it wasn't even a podcast. It was at that time. It was just going to be a blog. And uh, so I was going to set up a blog, and I was trying to think of a catchy name or a catchy phrase or something that would draw people in. So, so I put up this uh, contest, and we got a lot of input from the folks at the TSP forum. Um, if I recall, I could be wrong, but I don't think Jack had any input on that uh, on that event either. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I don't recall him having any input. So uh, the phrase "bad Quaker." Uh, one out in the contest. And during the same time frame, I should mention this. You know what? No, let's break for a commercial here. And when I get back, uh, we'll, uh, we'll go into this a little bit further. Folks, there's only a finite supply of gold and silver in the world. However, politicians can print paper on a whim forever and ever. Hedge yourself against inflation and a volatile stock market by purchasing gold and silver bullion from Amagai Metals. As inflation gets worse, it will become more difficult to buy gold and silver. So secure your financial freedom today by visiting amagimetals.com. That's A-M-A-G-I-M-E-T-A-L-S dot com. Or you can give them a call at 1-800-882-8496. That's 1-800-882-8496, where financial freedom is yours. And be sure and tell them badquaker.com sent you. Okay, thanks for sticking with me through the commercial. And so I was talking about the TSP forum and um, and what things were like over there. We had a section called the Looney Bin, and this is where the admins and the moderators could get together and talk, and it was completely private. The public could not see it. It was, um, you know, it was an aspect of the forum that was hidden from everyone else that was on the forum. And I did a lot of discussion with the folks in there, with the other uh, moderators and admin and and administrators, um, about the you know launching Bad Quaker and what I was going to do with it and what I wanted to do with it. Now, during that time frame, right in that same uh, roughly in that same time frame, the TSP forum began generating money. They began uh, putting advertisements on the forum and they. Uh, uh, they began doing different things that would cause the forum to generate money. Let's just say that. And uh, at the time, they were going to split that money between the admins and the mods. And so I couldn't accept any of that. Um, and at the time, I, you know, again, this is a private area of the forum where only the admins and the and the moderators were at. And so, in um, in private. I explained to the folks on the forum why I could not accept money, why I could not accept payments. And uh, and I'm going to get into that a little bit later, but the point is that this was private information shared among friends. 
and you can say, and this is true, uh, but you can say there's nothing private on the Internet. You might think you're in a private chat room, in a private chat room, in a private chat room, in a private forum, in a private forum, or whatever. You might think it's totally private. But really, there's nothing on the Internet that's 100% private other than maybe some, you know, temporarily some high level of encryption. But, uh, you know, the central scrutinizer is just recording all of that that's possible, uh, holding on to it so that one day they can crack it all open if they need to. So, you know, you, you have to assume all the time that whatever you're putting on the Internet is is public. Well, what I was putting in the TSP forum was not for public eyes. It was for the, f- the folks that were in there. What I didn't think about, I, I had full trust in those people, absolutely full trust. The, the, the admins and the moderators at the TSP forum at that time, I would have trusted any one of them with my life. But what I didn't realize was that Jack was eavesdropping on us the whole time. He was not... He was not having input on our discussions, but he was eavesdropping. Uh, in March of 2011, I launched BadQuaker.com as a blog with articles only. Again, I didn't own it. Other people owned it. Other people supported it. Other people put up the money to get it going. But I was the um, the main contributor, as I am now. And so it was a blog only with articles. And that, that was it. A uh, month later, I began recording audio versions of the articles. It was not a podcast. It was just me writing articles. Uh, and I basically stopped writing articles at the TSP forum. And I started just writing those articles at badquaker.com. And uh, by April, I was re- doing an audio version of the, the articles that I was uh, recording. Eventually, my daughter, Kai... Uh, you know, we were having these casual chats around the kitchen table or whatever, and my wife says, you know, why don't you record those and put those up as a podcast? So eventually we started recording um, these casual chats with my daughter, and eventually it turned into a true podcast. This didn't happen all at once, and it wasn't really even planned, but this is the, the, the you know, the, the steps that it took. Um and eventually, late last year, in 2012, we launched the forum. And the reason we launched the forum, you know, I was, even then, even in 2012, I was getting really tired of Facebook. I didn't, you know, here's an interesting point. I didn't want to go on Facebook to begin with. Um, I didn't want anything to do with Facebook or Twitter or any of those things. And Jack asked me personally, as a favor to him, to make a Facebook account because he was doing a thing with some kind of contest and they needed more people to give likes to whatever. So I went to Facebook and I created an account as a favor to Jack. Now, uh, and I should mention this too, um, when on Facebook, I had once we had BadQuaker.com going, I also made a BadQuaker.com uh, Facebook page. And so um, at first I think we had th- myself and two other people uh, administered the badquaker.com Facebook page and then I had my own Facebook page as Ben Stone. And uh and I kept those separate. If I was saying something as Bad Quaker, I did so at the Bad Quaker uh Facebook page. And anything that I did as Ben Stone, I did as Ben Stone. So my family stuff was Ben Stone and things like that. So like I said, we we launched the forum in uh, late uh, 2012 and my intent at that time 
was to pretty much get away from uh, all the rest of of uh, you know like Facebook and things like that, and just daily uh, try to communicate to my listeners uh, through the form. Now I failed at that. Um, it, I've, it's been months since I've even logged onto the forum. I've completely failed on what I was hoping to do with the forum. I was hoping the forum would be a place where I could just go once a day and, you know, talk to, chat with my listeners and keep them up to date on what I was doing. And I'd like to get back into that again, but I have utterly failed at that. But at the same time, and again, this is late 2012, um, the TSP forum was having, within the moderators and administrators, they were having some serious problems. There was a married couple that were having uh, serious problems, and um, and then they were critical to to our team. And it was it was really painful to all of us to see this going on. And there was other problems too. There was uh, very high level. Um, moderators and administrators who had just vanished, just gone. We didn't, some of them we didn't even know why. They just gone, just like that. And so I, I felt an obligation to my friends, my friends at the TSP forum being, uh, people on the forum that I communicated with regularly and the admins and the moderators that I had worked with for, you know, for a long time and been uh, very close friends with. So I didn't feel like I should abandon the, the folks at the TSP forum. Jack had almost no interaction with the forum. So, um, so I didn't see it as Jack's forum. I saw it as, as really being the project of those admins and those mods that keep it clean and keep it running and keep it functional and keep all the, the riffraff out. So I, I felt this obligation to them, and that was a mistake because that was part of Jack's uh, business model. That was Jack's property and was part of Jack's business model. And if you recall what what he said about um, how as soon as he launched TSP, he quit those other forums. You see, Jack never said this to me, but Jack clearly felt that... Um, by me staying on as one of his moderators that I was trying to steal from him. He had some intellectual property over the listeners, or he had some some right to the people that are on his forum, and he th- must have thought, I'm assuming this, he must have thought that I was some kind of threat to him or that I was stealing from him or something. But I never caught on that Jack... Uh, perceived me as some kind of threat or as what he called a forum pirate. I never caught on to that. Uh, and that was a shortcoming on my part. I should have been more respectful to his property, and I should have realized that he had a business model that he made a living from. And um, and I never really thought that Bad Quaker would... You know, we had about 50 uh, people that were regular listeners and regular visitors at the Bad Quaker website. And I thought, yeah, it might catch on. We might have 100, 150 at most. I never thought that it would get as big as it did. So it never dawned on me that Jack could see me as any kind of a threat or as a pirate or whatever, however he wants to consider this. Like he has some ownership over the, over the listeners, over, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, I still late in 2012, I misunderstood the whole situation. I thought he was my friend. I didn't see him as a businessman running a business. I saw him as one of the many friends that I had at TSP. Uh, I should have caught on when he stopped answering my emails. That should have been a sign to me 
but I didn't catch on. Now, I want to kind of set the stage here for the clip that I'm going to play. October 2012 was right before the presidential elections. There was a lot of excitement uh, prior to those elections, and Facebook was frothing uh, in a lot of different directions, but specifically with the argument of vote or don't vote. And there were all kinds of memes floating around um, that, you know, voting is immoral, voting is the only way we're going to have freedom, voting is bad, voting is forcing your, uh, forcing other people to do what you want. Democracy is two wolves and a, and a sheep, uh, trying to figure out what's for dinner. And, you know, there were all these things floating around. Uh, and right in the middle of that, Jack posted, uh, a picture, and on the picture it had, you know, I, I'm a little fuzzy because I didn't copy the picture, but if I recall, it had something like a like a little girl with a caption that said something to the effect of, uh, you mean people could have voted themselves more freedom and they didn't? And I'm pretty sure that the, that caption was uh, is real close to what it said. You mean people could have voted themselves more freedom and didn't? So what I did, and I was one of the earlier uh, people who who commented on it. Uh, let's see, actually, I was the second one that commented on it. Um, I said, and this is an exact quote because I didn't copy the picture, but I opened the thread up and I copied all the posts from the thread. And I did that because I got such an unusual reaction from Jack. And again, I should have seen this coming. But I didn't see it coming. So when Jack reacted the way he did, I thought, well, that's really weird. I need to save this because there's someday this is going to come back as to why Jack reacted the way he did. And the other thing I was thinking was I was shocked that Jack acted the way he did. And so I thought, you know what? Stuff disappears off of Facebook pretty quickly. Um, I need to make a copy of this so that I can go back and look at it and see exactly what I did to anger Jack so so horribly. And so I copied it for those reasons, because either I'm right um, and Jack has got weird or I've done something really stupid and angered Jack. But either way, I need to make a permanent copy of this so that I can look back on it and find out. So I went through the thread and opened it up and uh, did a copy and paste. And I have that entire thread word for word, word for word. And so here, so uh, so Jack puts up this picture. And unlike in his story, it had nothing to do that I saw with with marijuana laws or whatever else. But because uh, he said that in his podcast, but um, but the picture was, if I recall, a little girl or something like that that said, "So people could have voted themselves more freedom and didn't." So I posted this, and this is exact word for word. It's impossible to vote yourself more freedom. You are either free or you aren't. If you're voting, you aren't free. Read Bastiat. Now, immediately, I got more likes to that comment than Jack got likes to his initial picture. And then I want to go a little bit further here. There were several other uh, people who very quickly rang in, and the argument turned in, and, and that's all I said. That, at that point, that's all I said. Uh, one person, Mike Ford, says, and these are exact quotes, by the way. Mike Ford says, I can't say anything more than what Ben already did. And there was a wave of likes for him. 
uh, and then it says, um, Trent Todd said, Ben just won my best comment of the whole dang election season award. And then there was a wave of likes for that comment. And then other people, other people, uh, started talking about taxation and this was the Republicans fault. And then somebody else says, why is it the Republicans? Uh, here's talking about NDAA and it's the current administration. And the other person says, have you looked at who voted for this and who voted for that? And the argument becomes a Democrat Republican. The Democrats will save us. The Republicans will save us. The libertarians will save us. It turns into an argument like this. Then uh, Jack rings in, and he says, again, I'm quoting uh, I'm quoting his actual post, Ben Stone, wrong. It absolutely is possible to vote more freedom. The sad part is people don't do it. Can we vote more freedom in the coming election? Not likely, but we could have. Absolutely, exclamation point. Uh, then he talks to this Scott Cool Cat Daddy, Perryman, and he kind of yells at him with some caps. And I, I should mention that part of what he just said to me in that in that post was in caps with exclamation points. Uh, and then he yells at this uh, Scott Cool Cat Daddy Perryman, and he uh, belittles him a bit and puts uh, some of it in, in caps as well. Then... Um, uh, then he tells, then he goes on to uh, tell Loretta Eddy um, that it's not about the D or the R, and he talks about that. Okay, um, the the conversation again uh, starts to deteriorate pretty poorly. So then uh, this person, Roxana Rabbit, rings in, and she says, uh, "Where is that country in which you can vote yourself more freedom?" Because all I see is rigged elections and candidates who pretend to have different agendas but in fact have the same boss and are bought and paid for by the same companies. And so then uh, Jack uh, goes off on her and calls her out, says, you're standing in this country, and again he's using uh, caps and exclamation points and getting his point across. And then Roxana Rabbit says, sorry, I never did a thing to support this system, and the criminals who did it are responsible, not the people, or do you blame the victim of rape for the deed of the rapist? And she makes a very good point there. And uh, Jack really goes off on her at that point, and I can't even read right now what he, what he said to her, um, but obviously he's very angered at this point. And then a guy named Bill Schmidt comes in, and Bill says, uh, again, this is all, I have all this stuff on file here, so I'm not just going by a vague memory like Jack did in his podcast. I have it right here in front of me. And so this Bill Schmidt guy says, uh, he brings Christianity into it, he brings Christians into it, and um, and an, an abortion. He brings in the topic of abortion. And then Isa Rodriguez says, geez, here we go with the them Christians again. And so then the, then the discussion goes off in that direction. Now, if you're wondering where I'm getting with this, stick with me, and, and I'm going to wrap this up and show you. Jack uh, corrects a couple other people, some in caps, some, some more civil. And I, then I rang in again, and I said, uh, Jack, now remember, this is only my second post on this thread, and it's already a really long thread. And I said, Jack, my friend, you're dead wrong. You believe in a silly religion called the state. And I should note here, this is not the first time I've explained this to Jack. 
So back to my to back to my uh, quote here. You believe in a silly religion called the state, and you refuse to look at reality. You cling to the belief that someday a great leader will restore a government that only exists in the myth of your beliefs. Of your beliefs, excuse me. And I go on to explain a little bit more that when you vote, what you're doing is you're you're acting in faith. You're you're committing an act of faith that. Uh, what you're, that what you're doing is going to have an impact on government, and you're attempting to use government to accomplish your goals. And, uh, so if you're attempting, and, and government can only, uh, act according to aggression. That's the only tool that it has. So if you're, if you're using government, which is only aggression, if you're attempting to use the vote to make government do what you want it to do, then you're committing an act of aggression. But now keep in mind, this was not in caps, this was not in exclamation points, and it was only a couple lines. I, I didn't go into a long rant uh, at all. It was just a very simple statement, and it was something that I've said how many times? I don't know, thousands of times. And it was being said all over Facebook at the time, not only by me, but by, but by all kinds of other people. So uh, then this, um, this person, Anita Horick steps in and um, she completely didn't understand uh, anything about my post. She somehow, I think she blended the other people that were talking about Christians and Christianity and abortion and these things. I think somehow she blended what she read in their posts with what she read in my post. And she thought that I was, she actually thought that I was an atheist attacking Jack for his Christian beliefs. Well, Jack's not a Christian. I've, I, I know what Jack uh, believes. I've actually read uh, Jack's website that he, I don't think he maintains it anymore, but it's his website from years and years ago where he goes into great detail about his religious belief. And so I've, I've known about Jack's uh, beliefs for a lot of years. And before Jack actually knew that I existed, I already knew what he believed and I'm already uh, well acquainted with his website that's on that topic. So then, um, so this person, uh, Anita Horick, totally misunderstands my statement. She thinks that I'm coming at it from an atheist point of view and that I'm attacking Jack because he's a Christian. Well, uh, she has no idea what she's talking about. And so then Jack comes in after her and just shreds her, horribly mean to her in this, in this statement, uh, makes her look like a fool. And, but in then, in the same time that he's saying these things to her, he's talking about me, like in the third person, like I'm not there, like I can't see this. And he says some pretty nasty things about me. And again, I've only posted these two things in this, in this whole thread that I read to you. And so he says some really nasty things about me, including that, um, he kind of indicates that that I uh, that I'm saying that I'm well. Let me just read here. This is Jack's exact words. Ben asserts that my belief in God somehow impacts my view of politics. No, I've never said anything like that, Jack, and that's not what I said in that post. So so Jack um, talks about me in the third person, like I'm not there uh, to this Anita, and slams me pretty hard. But he also really. Uh, handled her pretty roughly and she was clearly upset about this she comes back in 
Oh, let me read this first. I answered back to Jack after he laid out all this uh, blistering attack against me. Um, I mostly ignored all the anger and the hate that he was spewing. And I said, Jack, you said, and then I quoted him exactly here, I said people could vote themselves more liberty and fail to. That is all. Um, and that's Jack's quote. And I said back to him, that shows your faith in the state. And it shows you lack understanding of the word freedom. Freedom was the word in question, not liberty. You see, again, liberty and freedom are two different things. Um, somebody is not mostly free or kind of free or 80% free or 26% free. You're either free or you're not free. Uh, oh, that's not from, I, that's just me quoting, saying now. That's not part of my quote. The last thing I said there was that uh, freedom is the word in question, not liberty. And then Jack went into another long uh, rant that's too long to read here as we're running out of time. And I said, Jack, I know you think those are arguments. See, see, Jack is making personal attacks and he's using vulgarities and he's throwing these, you know, uh, all these vulgarities at me. Um, but he's not actually addressing the problem of can you be more or less free and will voting uh, achieve that? That's the two points involved here. And he's not addressing those. He's just simply making personal attacks against me and throwing a lot of vulgarities into the mix. And then uh, at that point, this Anita Horek comes back in and she says, I am sorry I even said a thing. I have always felt like a square peg trying to fit in in a round space. I don't fit here either. You all have a good life. Farewell. And then Jack comes back at her like you would not believe. He says, um, Anita Horek, you know what I just heard a grown woman say? And he puts that in all caps. And then he puts in quotes here. I don't like what one of the other kids said, so I'm going to take my ball and go to my room and sit in my closet and pout. That's the end of the quote. And then he says to her, seriously, you can be disagreed with and not be disrespected. Stop trying to worry about fitting in. This isn't high school. Uh, what a stupid childish. He, he just he uh, just viciously attacks her. In other words, you're a grown woman. Act like one. He says this stuff to her. Now, I, again, that's between he and she, but what I'm saying this for is to build up the level of anger that Jack was at, and you can see it in this, uh, uh, in this thread. Um, I said back to Jack, so Jack, let me sum up your argument. It's perfectly fine to aggress on the innocent if you get what you want, voting. Your whole, and, and he had made this long drawn out argument about travel and, and how if an anarchist wants to go from, from, um, I think he said Miami to Portland or something or other and you have to stop at Philadelphia or whatever. I, I don't know. It, it was very convoluted, but it was, what he had basically done is he created a, um, uh, a begging the question scenario where, where he put all the, the, um, all the, uh, aspects of the um, scenario that he has built all required you to accept his uh, 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 his assumption on it. He didn't actually, you know, it was it was horribly flawed in, in logic. So I said back to him, um, your whole travel argument is flawed on many levels, but you refuse to see or address the moral argument. 
you are willing to turn the aggression of government in the direction you wish it to go. That makes you the same as the right wing and the left wing. No matter that you agree, in theory, that a world, that a world without government would be better, right now you are willing to point the gun at government and pull the trigger to get what you want. That's voting. And then I put, uh, P.S., my friend, your vulgarities don't help your argument. Now that, uh, evidently really upset Jack. He really came at me viciously at that point. And so I just left the thread. Um, I did say, uh, after, after his next, uh, I didn't, I didn't leave the thread yet. I, he, he flew into me again and used a lot of vulgarities and personal attacks. And so I said back to him, um, it's a funny thing. In this whole thread, I never went on a rant, never made a personal attack, and never reverted to vulgarities. I simply pointed out the folly of believing in progressive freedom and the fact that to vote is to use government to obtain your goal. And yet such anger. One would think a sore spot has been touched. One would think someone's conscience has been pricked. Um, at that point, I left the thread because I was done with it. There was clearly, uh, there was clearly no need in going any further. There was no, nothing profitable in continuing wasting my time with, with somebody who was that angry. Then it went to, uh, a private messaging in Facebook. Jack sent me a private message again, just blistering angry, filled with vulgarities and personal attacks. And at the end of that, uh, uh, personal message, he put on there that I had better stay away from him and that he didn't uh, want me anywhere near him or his or something like that. Um, if Jack wants, he can release that to the public and let them see it because I'm putting out to the public what, what was said in that thread. So um, I took it from his message and from the level of anger that he wanted to disassociate himself with me. He said very clearly he didn't want me on his property or around him or however it was he worded it. And again, he can he can post that if he'd like to. He can make that public. But he shot that at me, so I can't put it out. I can't rightfully put it out to the public. So I translated his message, and I think it was very clear that he didn't want me anywhere around him or his property. So I went immediately, I mean immediately, I went over to the TSP forum, and I deleted my account, and I didn't give an explanation to anyone. This was a private problem between us, and uh, and I didn't even try to explain it. I just deleted my account. Several people were shocked that I disappeared from the TSP forum and contacted me personally and asked, and I didn't give anybody great detail. I just said, you know, here's what happened publicly. You can go read it for yourself, and Jack has asked me not to be associated with him anymore, so I am you know, fulfilling that request. Now, there was a whole attack, you know, in Jack's long blistering attack in that thread. I stopped reading them because, you know, what's the use if somebody throws a thousand, literally a thousand word rant at you and it's all just anger and hate, what's the use of wasting your time reading it? I could see that Jack was not in a position where he could accept logic, so I just left the thread. Well, I didn't know, because I didn't read at the time, what he had actually put right there in public for everybody to see. Okay, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little segment here for you. 
of, uh, of Jack's translation of this same story that I just gave you. Uh, let me tell you guys the story of how this all started, because it's pretty simple. Uh, I was on my Facebook fan page uh, talking to my audience about a proposition to legalize marijuana. Yes, that's what this started about. And I suggested that this was something worth voting for because it was the election year where we were choosing between Mitt, hand up the rear Romney, and Obama, socialist, what have you. And there was no point. It didn't matter who became president. Again, I didn't see anything in that post that had anything to do with legalizing marijuana. Maybe there was, maybe I overlooked it. But I didn't see anything in there uh, in reference to legalizing marijuana. And uh, Ben decided to show up and start running his mouth on my page at me about how I was immoral for voting. Immoral. Because by voting, I was using force on another individual. He's turning the apparatus of force on another individual. And I, I tried to explain the reality of where we live in and where we'd like to be. And I, I in practice, am a minarchist because I think society can handle minarchism today. And I, you know, and if, you know, on the way to to to, to a minarchist society, if we Get there and things are good. You want to keep going, we'll go. I used an analogy that he told me was terrible. And then again called me immoral. And then he again called me immoral. So after three times of being called immoral, I told him to F off. I did not use the F. I used the full word. And I told him to F off repeatedly because I do not like being called immoral. And let me tell you why I don't like being called immoral. Do you know what's immoral, Ben? What, a, what is immoral is things like molesting children. Or what was done to the family I'm going to discuss next where uh, a, a police SWAT team comes in and puts a gun in people's face because they don't like the way their yard looks. Those, these are immoral things. So when, when somebody calls me immoral for supporting a law that effectively removes other laws and that person claims to be an anarchist, yeah, yeah, that that is bull****. Okay, so... Um Let's just understand where Jack is coming from this. I said that uh, voting is using the aggression of government. Voting is, uh, you know, using government to achieve what you're trying to to accomplish. And he uh, is horribly offended because I said this. I don't think he was horribly offended because of that. I think he was angry to begin with. He was angry that I was posting on his site, on his uh, Facebook page. He was angry at me already that I had started up what he saw as a podcast in competition with him and a forum that he saw as competition with him. He was afraid of me or offended at me um, because he saw me as competition to his business model. And that's my failure. Had I understood this situation fully, I would have gotten away from Jack's web pages and his forum and and everything right from the beginning because I had I didn't look at it as competition. You think about how the relationship between uh, the Freedom Fiends and uh, the Bad Quaker podcast. You know, I talk to Michael over there on almost a daily basis. I listen to their podcast. They listen to mine. We bounce things off of each other. We tease each other. We make fun of each other. We have a lot of fun. That's what friends do. Then again, you know, um, I think the difference really is that Jack Spierko takes what he does extremely seriously as a business model. And he has this view, this IP-like view of ownership of his audience and ownership of the people who post on his forum. 
And I didn't see it that way. And had I recognized that Jack believes that way, then I would have respected him and given him room. And I would have never, I would have just cut him off like, like he cut those other people off when he started his podcast. If I would have, if I would have realized that that's what he wanted, that he was never a friend to begin with, that this was always a matter of him using somebody who was dumb enough to volunteer and help him. If I would have realized that to begin with, I would have been fine with that. Uh, and I would have, uh, I would have accommodated him. You see, even now, I'm not angry at Jack. I'm not bitter against Jack for any of those things that he did. But now let me address this other thing. Can we have, um, uh, can it be possible that immorality is only child molestation and cops raiding a family because they're growing plants? Is that only what immorality is? Can I walk up to Jack on the street, come walking up behind him when he's not expecting it, and reach up behind him and flip his ear from behind and shove him onto the ground and then say, hey, Jack, that's not immoral. After all, I didn't, uh, you know, it's not child molestation. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't raid your farm, you see. No, here's the thing. Immorality can be very small or it can be very large. Immorality is a thing that, that is based on when one person aggresses upon another person. Now, I can aggress on a person by shooting them in the face with a gun. That would be horrible. That would be aggression. I can aggress upon someone by raping their children. That would be horrible. That would be terrible aggression. But I can also aggress on someone by walking up to them and intentionally stepping on their toe. Now, only a fool would say that I'm not aggressing by walking up and intentionally stepping on someone's foot, Jack. But there's a vast difference between stepping on someone's toe and raping their children, Jack. And anybody with any understanding of morality understands that, Jack. Now, that's a very simple concept. So a person can act immorally on very small levels. And that harm that, that results from their immorality can be any uh, any number of levels of, of harm. So if I walk up and I step on someone's toe, the harm is very small. And if I walk up and shoot someone in the face, the harm is very dramatic. But they're both acts of immorality and they're both aggression. And voting is the use of government to accomplish your will. That is immoral. And if Jack doesn't like that, too bad. Now I want to play another segment for you. Uh, that he said, and uh, and I and I want to show that in addition to everything else that I've just said, Jack is a liar. Okay, hold on one second here, and let me play this for you. A question was proposed to me at the most recent Liberty Forum, where I was there, and I said hello to you, and you wouldn't even look at me, and you walked out of the room when I spoke, and you know, basically, I guess you can't man up to the fact that you called me immoral, and all I would need is, dude, I'm sorry, I called you immoral, and I'd be like, cool, man. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I guess you can't do that. You know, I said hello to you. You smirked and walked away. So, Jack, uh, that didn't happen, and you know that didn't happen. Now, let me tell the listeners here exactly what happened at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. 
the day uh, that I, that I showed up, my wife and I walked into the Crown uh, Plaza Hotel. We walked in together, and we walked down to the area where you're supposed to register for the Liberty Forum. And as I walked up, I saw Dorothy Spearco, and Dorothy saw me at the same time. Dorothy is Jack's wife, and she's a wonderful person. I got to know her uh, when we, well, uh, that's private information. So, uh, but, I, but I got to know uh, Dorothy um, a, a couple years ago and got to talk to her, and she's just a delightful individual. And so Dorothy saw me at a distance, and I saw her, and I didn't actually see Jack right away because Jack was bent over... Uh, several yards away, bent over, going through the gift bags that they give to everybody who registers for the Liberty Forum. So he had his back turned to me, and he was bent over, and he was not within my sight. But um, but Dorothy saw me and moved towards me because she recognized me. Now, she didn't actually know this is Ben Stone from Bad Quaker. She didn't know this is Ben Stone from, you know, the TSB Forum. Um, we, we There's so many people... Uh, that that we see that you know you can see somebody and recognize them and know hey that person is one of us that's that's somebody I should know but you don't necessarily recognize their or remember their name immediately and that was the situation with Dorothy Dorothy couldn't remember my name and actually I couldn't remember her name either I knew she was Jack's wife but I couldn't remember her name so I was kind of stumbling for a second trying to introduce my wife to Dorothy and Dorothy to my wife and it was a very awkward moment. And uh, Jack, on the other side of the room, uh, getting his free bag from the uh, from registering for Liberty Forum, stood up and turned around and looked directly at me. And at that moment, I saw Jack. And Jack looked at me like I had just stomped on his favorite kitten. And in a flash, the words of his uh, Facebook message came back to me that I was to stay away from him and his. And so I realized that if I remained there talking to his wife, that I would be in violation of his request to stay away from him. So out of respect for Jack and his request, I, as quickly and as politely as possible, said goodbye to Dorothy. And we walked on in and passed the registration and didn't even stand in line for the uh, for to get our free bag of stuff where Jack was standing at getting his free bag of stuff, we walked on into the VIP area because I was one of the invited people there as Jack was, and so I stepped up to the VIP counter uh, to register as one of the VIPs. Now there was one other person ahead of me, and there was Chris Lawless that was actually doing the registering of all the VIPs. And right as I stepped up, and then my wife was right beside me. She was with me the whole time. So my wife and I are standing in line. My wife is right in front of me in line, and then immediately is the next person who is being helped by Chris. Uh, immediately when I stepped up, Davi Barker recognized me, and he stepped up behind me in line. So it was the first guy that was being helped, then my wife, and then me, and then Davi Barker in line. And Jack came walking in from, from the outside, from the other room that he had been in, walked past me, did not say a word, and had to turn his shoulder to cut in front of my wife to get in line ahead of us. That's what Jack did. He did it in front of my wife. He did it in front of Davi Barker. He at no time that I heard made any sound whatsoever in reference to me. Now, it is true that I'm almost totally deaf in my right ear. So it's 
technically possible that he may have walked up on that side from behind in a crowded room and said something very quietly that I didn't hear. That's p- technically possible, but it's highly unlikely because Davi Barker was on my right side. Now, it's true, Jack did cut in front of my wife, but I don't recall him cutting in front of Davi and saying anything to me whatsoever. Now, the only other time that I saw Jack, I was uh, in the um, in the area that where all the vendors set up their tables, and I was talking to Kelly from Survival Gear Bags. And I spotted Jack coming in to my left side, where my good ear is. I spotted him coming in the door. And I didn't want to be in an area where Jack was because he had told me to stay away from him. So I said, uh, nice, you know, the politeness to to uh, Kelly from Survival Gear Bags, told him I would talk to him later. And my wife and I, again, my wife was standing right beside me. My wife and I turned and went the other way out of the room because I didn't want to be violating Jack's request to stay away from him. And then finally, when uh, Friday night, I believe it was, when he, when the dinner was happening where he was going to be the keynote speaker, uh, I got up after dinner was over, and when he got up to speak, I got up and walked out, because I have no desire to listen to Jack Spierko for one second longer than I have to. Now, I, I, I didn't see Jack at any of my speeches, so why would I expect... Um, why would I have any responsibility to sit through one of Jack's speeches? I don't see, uh, I don't see how, how it offends Jack so much that I didn't stay for his speech when he didn't attend any of mine. But there's something that I, you know, I said before that I made a copy of that whole thread and I saved it. And one of the reasons I saved it was because Jack's reaction in that thread, this is back on Facebook, Jack's reaction to that thread was so dramatic and it shocked me. And I thought, I've either done something to really offend him or, you know, Jack's really, I don't know, Jack is really going off on something here. So so I saved that thread and that's what I was reading from earlier. And then I went back later and started reading through because, like I said, you know, when he puts when he put out a thousand word rant, um, filled with vulgarities and personal attacks and just wild, crazy ranting, I didn't read it because I don't read those kind of things. Anytime Facebook or a forum or anything else, when someone goes into a thousand word rant that's filled with vulgarities and name calling and just you know, uh, all kinds of logical fallacies. Why should I spend my time, why should I waste my time reading crap like that? So I didn't actually read Jack's long rambling attacks until well after the event, until well after I had already gone and deleted my account at, at uh, TSP Forum, uh, after I had unfriended Jack and taken all the connections away from TSP. After I did all that, I went back and read his rant, and I found a really interesting thing in that uh, in that rant. And now I want to play this for you right here. Just give this a listen. But you know, one of the questions I asked you, and I think this is what really bothers you more than the f off comment, Ben, was I said, "Aren't you on government assistance?" In that exchange, I asked you that like ten times, and I never got a yes or a no. And we both know why. The answer is yes. Now we get to a real key here. You see, Jack knew that I am disabled and that I am on disability because in the loony bin at the TSP forum, 
in the private area where only the mods and the and the admins, where friends talk privately. I had said in there that I cannot take any money from the TSP forum because, unfortunately, I'm on disability. Now, if you've heard me, if you're a long-time listener, you've probably heard me talk about my head injuries and my headaches and other physical problems that I have. But I haven't really ever fully gone into the depth of the levels of what I've faced, medically speaking, for the last 12, 10, uh, 11, 11 years, through the last 11 years. I've never really gone into it in specifics. And I've, you know, I've said that I've had in excess of 35 concussions and that that's caused me a lot of problems. And some people have, uh, you know, I've talked about at times some of the car wrecks that I've been in where the cars were one, one car wreck. There was five vehicles involved. All five were totaled. Uh, I had to be cut out of a car. Um, it, it was really nasty. Um, I've talked about that a little bit at times, but I've never really gone into great detail about these things. But you see, one way or the other, Jack doesn't know whether, whether I've talked about them or not. And specifically at the time when the rant took place in Facebook, Jack did not know whether I had ever spoke about my medical condition or not. Jack had no knowledge of that because Jack doesn't listen to my podcast. Never has, other than this one where I mentioned him and someone gave it to him. So then, Jack was was releasing information in Facebook, in public, for the intention of embarrassing me that he had gotten in private from the TSP forum moderator section, where friends were talking about personal finances and personal health issues. And Jack was eavesdropping in there because he's the, whatever you call it, a super admin or whatever, uh, that's the, the, the actual top, uh, name in, in a forum so that he can get, have access to any aspects of the forum. So he used his position as the owner of the TSP forum to essentially eavesdrop on a private conversation between myself and the other moderators and admins. And he found out about my personal medical situation and my finances and then on Facebook he attempted to use that information to embarrass me now I didn't know it at the time because I didn't read his rant and then again last week when Jack uh, presented his counterattack on his podcast he again attempted to embarrass me by using that and here's the thing about it coming from Jack's point of view he believes, well, if you're an anarchist, you shouldn't be accepting anything from the government. Well, um, I would say probably 99% of anarchists would reject Jack's uh, uh, theory there. Because if you think about it a little bit, the government steals from us constantly, on every level, in every way that it possibly can. The government has stolen from me for years and years and years since I first got a Social Security card and had to start paying taxes when I was 15, the government has been stealing from me. The government has been stealing from my wife every year that she's been working. Every year that she was working and I was disabled and couldn't work, the government was stealing from her more than they were giving back to me. 
All you have to do is do the simple numbers on this. So it's somehow not right for me to accept that check from the government that has been stolen from me. Now, here's another thing. I didn't have a choice in whether or not I receive disability payments from the government. Here's why. I was working for an employer, and I decided that I needed to, as a part of this employment, uh, I needed to take advantage of the group uh, purchasing power, and through that employer, I purchased private disability insurance, and I paid for it for years. And so when the time came along that I became uh, disabled, which is something that I certainly didn't want to face, but when that took place, I had no idea that there was a law in place. And maybe Jack doesn't know about this law. There's a lot of things Jack doesn't know about, so it wouldn't surprise me. There's a law in place that says that if you buy private disability insurance and then you become disabled, then you, ha you after six months of receiving disability from your private disability insurance, you are forced by law to apply for Social Security disability. Did you know that? Every disability insurance company abides by that law. And so the only way that the company that I worked for, where I had my retirement with, the only way they would recognize my disability, and the only way that, my, the, that the private company that I had made an arrangement with, that I had given them money for disability, the only way they would follow through on their contract is if I applied for Social Security disability. So by law, I did what I was forced to do, not what I wanted to do, and I applied for Social Security disability. And you know what happened? Uh, well, first off, one exam and they gave it to me. Again, not by my choice. And the other thing is, that allowed the company that I worked for to legally fire me. After six months, and once uh, I applied for the disability insurance, that allowed the company I worked for to fire me. Now, it's a funny thing, because the company I worked for had, rather than given me uh, you know, a, a high salary because of what I was doing, because of my accomplishments in that company, they gave, they were paying me, they paid me a salary too, but they were paying me in stock options. And when they fired me, all of those stock options, tens of thousands of dollars worth of stock options, became useless, a waste of paper, meaningless. They were all void. Tens of thousands of dollars of my pay became void because of that law, because they were following the law. And in addition to that, the private insurance company that was paying me disability because I had made the arrangements with them and I had paid them for years, that private insurance company cut my disability uh, payments the same month as Social Security uh, disability stepped in. They cut it by the same amount. Now, Jack knew these, knew all of these things because he had received this information in a private situation, and then he attempted to use that information in public to humiliate me. I don't feel at all bad that I'm taking money from the government 
from the thieves that have stolen from me and stolen from my parents and stolen from everyone I know for as long as I've known about it. They steal from me continually. And if I or anyone else can get a penny back of that stolen money, we should do it. You should do it. Any way you can get money from the government, any way you can steal money back from the government or, or from the mafia or any, any thug or any thief that steals from you, any way you can steal that money back, do it. There's nothing immoral about that. And as for an apology for Jack, I believe Jack is an insecure, smug little man. He is disingenuous, and I believe him to be immoral. So Jack Spierko, here's your apology. I'm sorry you're a jackass, and I'm sorry I didn't recognize it earlier so that I could have avoided hurting your delicate little feelings and giving you the impression that I was a business threat to you. And so here's our lesson again. Folks, don't throw your pearls before the swine. Don't give to someone who doesn't appreciate what you've given to them. Don't be fooled by personality. And don't be surprised when the blind are angered when you show them the light. Folks, thanks for listening today, and remember to visit badquaker.com, where liberty is our mission.